the hard work and I think why people are so obsessed with dating one is obviously to find that partner but two it's such a reflection of yourself and it's almost hard not to take it personally when you're basically putting yourself in front of another person and being like do you like me or not but we have to kind of get through that and realize that 95% of the people you meet probably 99% are not going to be matches they're not going to want to date you and that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you and you're never going to be everyone's cup of tea and the more that we can just get confident which you know goes hand in hand with what you all talk about in ourselves and really believe that like we bring something to the table and someone is lucky to be with us that's when we start to see things shift for people when they kind of take control of their love lives this is the confident collective podcast with your hosts christina zias and rayanne langus Two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome back, everybody. It's Rayanne. And Christina. Oh my gosh, we're so excited. We're still living our bi-coastal life right now. Bi-coastal life, baby. I think it's going to be a thing think it's going to be a thing. You know why, Ray? Why? Because a couple of weeks ago, I was like, nope, I don't feel that called in New Jersey anymore. <laughs> and now I'm like, I don't know. I can go both ways again. Do you think people, I wonder when people are going to get, I think we have to stop talking about this soon because people are going to get sick of us. Literally on Instagram. It's like every single person asks me every single day. They're like, where are you at right now? Okay, good. They're still invested. We still got them. Perfect. We, we, we still got them. We perfect. Still got them. Perfect. I don't know about perfect. the podcast. The podcast probably like annoyed about it. The but. podcast is probably like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, I think I'm still moving to the East Coast in August. So that's where I'm at, if anyone cares. Wow. Well, maybe not August, but like I, I'll make the decision. Yeah, definitely not August. Maybe September, October. Just to really culture shock myself into the winter. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be why perfect. go when it's beautiful? I'd rather just go into the dead of winter when I know no one, no one. That'll be an easy transition. <laughs> no, you'll be good. You'll be good. <laughs> I'll be calling you depressed. It's so cold and dark and I don't know anyone. You're going to have so many coats. It's going to be fabulous. I'm going to look chic as hell. Absolutely. Well, I feel like I want to say thanks everyone who sent nice messages to me from last week's episode. I feel like I am on... Well, kind of, I, I, I kind of feel like I'm on the up and up. I went to see my family and my mom was like, how was the flight? But like picking me up and I was like, oh, it was good. But I think the guy next to me thinks I was I'm absolutely insane. She was like, why? I was like, well, I was bawling my eyes out and vigorously writing a note in my phone titled heartbreak. No. <laughs> and he was looking at me and I'm just sitting there bawling. And all he sees probably is me just going speed fingers and then in bold letters at the top of the note, you know how it is heartbreak and I'm just going at it. Um, so that was fun. But other than that, I'm doing great. Do you feel like it helps you write out all your feelings like that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I write constantly, especially Mm -hmm. when I have a lot of feelings, like so much writing, but I think I'm, you know, I told you one of my, my goals is writing a, a book that will be turned into a Netflix series maybe one day. So (laughs) we're just really going major. So I think it's, I'm also like, okay, Rayanne, this is work. So when I'm falling on the airplane in my notes, I'm just, you know, planning for the future. Really? I love that. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to figure out who's going to star in it. It's going to be fantastic. I know. I've already thought about it. I was like, Ooh, should I, should Barbie Ferreira play me? But she's too fucking cool. I wish. <laughs> in my wait, dreams. I love that. Uh, okay. What's up with you? Not much. We've just been having like the best time on the East coast. It's been so fun. Like it's just been so great. I honestly think like, you know, obviously we grew up here, so we just have so many people here. Yeah. It's everyone like friends from like college, friends from our childhood, like family, like, and both Steve and I are from here. So it's just like kind of like nonstop the entire time that we're back home. And then like, I also like took on some work obligations as well too. So we've been just kind of going a mile in a minute and then, but I've been like loving it. It's been so fantastic. And it's just like, just people who you grew up with hit different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
It's just nice to be, I, I think that's like why everyone gravitates towards like people who are from the same place. Like you have this like commonality and you have yeah. that past and that history and it's just kind of comforting. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I do love about like the East coast, especially like where my parents are, like it's like 45 minutes to the city. And then like today, like right before this podcast, I drove to the beach to shoot a campaign. So it's like actually like not, it's like pretty flexible. Like there's like a lot of things around here, which is really, really nice. Wait, I had no idea that you could drive to the beach there. Yeah, well, you can if you're in New York City, but in New Jersey, you can. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. I had no idea. Exactly. So it's been quite lovely. We're finally getting like everything ready for our Greece trip um, and like booking that. So that's been really fun. And yeah, but I'm excited to get back to LA, I will say. Yeah, we're excited to have you back for five days before I leave. I know, so I know. Good. It's, it, it's going to be like a fun five days though. Yeah, it's going to be good. Back in LA, baby. Um, what are you obsessing over this week, Christina? What has been okay, occupying so, your mind? So I did have like, I did have, um, I'm just going to tell the whole story, but we were supposed to go to the city to meet up with some friends. And um, I ended up changing our plans because we were going to the city in the, the next day. And it was supposed to like downpour and thunderstorm. So I was like, this makes no sense to go into the city tonight, like with Nicholas. Um, I make a long story short, we rearranged the plans, which kind of made it a little bit more difficult for the next day. And what ended up happening was like, it didn't rain. And I was so mad at myself for switching things because what I realized is, you know how I said that like one of my goals for this year is to become more decisive. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened. Okay. okay. We're still working on it. Still work- <laughs> we're, st- we're really still working on it. I was so indecisive about like these plans to go into the city that I ended up asking like so many people what they thought I should do. Mm. And I got too many opinions. And anyways, make a long story short is I didn't end up going. It didn't end up reading. And I was like mad at myself for not going. And my dad said, well, I think you're speaking in hindsight, aren't you? He's like, you know, Christina, hindsight's twenty twenty. And I feel like that is something like I've used that quote before hindsight is 2020 so many times, but but I like, I never actually really thought about it. You know what I mean? Like you can like, it's so easy when you know, like what the outcome is going to be to look back and wish you made a different choice or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like anyway, so like that is what I've been kind of like obsessed with is like being okay with the decision you made. Stop looking at the past as if you could speak about it in the present Mm. and like just the idea of it has been like occupying a lot of my mind. You know, what's so interesting. You are one of the most go with the flow people. So sometimes Mm -hmm. I think you like when you get these kind of like paralyzed by decisions, I kind of, it's interesting because you would think that you would just be like, Oh, like if it rains it rains, let's just go to the city. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting that you have this like parallel dynamic going on. I think it's because it wasn't just me. There's like other people involved. Uh, okay. And I feel like I have to deal with like other people's emotions or other, yeah. like, yeah. And I think that's why, but sometimes like I do get paralyzed, paralyzed by decisions and I don't know why, because I, you're right. Like I am pretty good with the flow. Like, yeah. Cause sometimes I feel like I get paralyzed with decisions, but that's because I'm a little bit more like type A and I'm like, okay, I've got to know all of my options and research these options before I feel comfortable making a decision, knowing that I'm making the right decision. Right. So that's why I experience it sometimes, which is so frustrating. Cause I used to be so fucking chill and I'm just not anymore. And see, for me, I think it's because I asked too many people's opinions Hmm. that's like the, that's like we kind of talk about that in this episode today is like when you, mm-hmm. you actually think if you have and we talked about it in relation to dating when you think that you have you would think sorry let me try and get this out for the 18th time when mm-hmm. you think that you think it'll be easier to make a decision when you have more options but it actually mm-hmm. makes it way more difficult exactly it really makes it way more difficult yeah Um, what are you obsessed with? Um, my obsessed with is, so I did, well, okay. We also said we were going to try and like work on being excited about things. And I had a partnership with shop bop, which I literally went back to my DMS and like, I have DM them like for like a couple years, like being like, do you have, like, I would love to work with you, blah, blah, blah. And I finally got to work with them. I love that. Yes. And I just am so excited because shop bop is like, 
I just love their site and I gained so much inspiration from like their edits and stuff that they would put together for years. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was fun, but I basically put together a few outfits that I'd be bringing to Europe from shop Bop. And this one girl like commented, I could spot like, you're not from Europe a hundred miles away. And then I also saw another TikTok that was like, um, tourists going to Paris are commenting on how like people in Paris dress and this girl from Paris is weighing in and how it's like all tourists dressing, how they think Parisian should dress. And I was just like, for me, I'm just dressing in what I'm going to feel amazing. in, so I can have an amazing time on this trip. I was getting like, I'm not trying. I was like, I'm not trying to dress like I'm European. I'm dressing like I'm Rayanne. Like mm-hmm. I think you can draw inspiration a hundred percent from places that you're going. I love doing that. Obviously what I pack for, if I'm going to Cabo versus like, I don't even know, Banff, this is a horrible example. You're going to pack yeah. differently, but I'm like, right. at the end of the day, you still have to dress true to yourself. I'm not going to completely change and dress like how I think a woman who lives in Paris would dress because that's not me, you know? So I've just been thinking it's so funny and people have been asking so much for like what I'm packing and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I'm just like, I'm just dressing like me. I was going to try and do this whole capsule or wardrobe thing. And yes, that's easier for packing, but I don't feel good when I'm just in all like simple stuff. So I'm really throwing in (laughs) some wild stuff in there. I cannot wait to see what you bring. And I totally know what you're talking about. And it's actually really funny because I do feel like I grew up hearing that all the time. Like, cause we used to like, like we were very fortunate to go to Europe quite a bit growing up. And it would always be like, Oh, that person looks like an American. And I get it. Like, I think sometimes like, okay, I'm thinking about me. Like I dress probably more more bold than like, I think people have like a mean (laughs) stereotype about Americans. I know what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Um, But it's just like funny. Like, dude, like I'm not trying to be anyone else. Yeah. Like who cares? Like just let people travel and experience. Like, why would we discourage people from going somewhere traveling and like shame them about what they're wearing? Like 100%. And also like, I just feel like there's so much pressure when it comes to like traveling, especially now because of Instagram and like social media in general to like have like the best outfits and like buy all new things and like feel amazing. And like, yeah, you want to feel amazing, but like you don't necessarily like need a new wardrobe every single time, you know, I I was going to say, I got time. I'm going on a trip and you don't hold them. I know. <laughs> Which I don't you recommend. Don't. You, you don't. don't. You, you don't. You don't, but you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll just end it there. Because Christine and I are the, again, we, I love giving packing advice and I'm a horrible packer and so are you. Like we should not be telling people what to pack. So no, there's literally nothing I hate more. Oh God. Um, well, what's your, pro- what's your product this week? Okay. So like, actually my mom and I had the cutest experience with Joe Malone. They invited us into their store to experience one of their experiences. And like, these are all complimentary things that they do. Anyways, I got a new perfume from it that it's like, I am beyond obsessed with it. It's like this limited collection. It's part of their Sicilian summer collection. You need it. Dude, you need this perfume. It is gorgeous. It's called Sea Daffodil. I didn't even know sea daffodils were a thing, but Me they're either. real wild flowers. I just sniffed like- right now. <laughs> Christina <laughs> has the perfume out and I just went. <laughs> I'm putting it on myself. We are not oh together. Gosh. I can't sell it. It is so beautiful. It has like, it's like a little bit floral, but then it has vanilla and some sandalwood and it's like so layered. And it just reminds me of like sexy balmy nights in Europe, like on the Mediterranean. Like that is what it feels like. And I honestly, like, I love fragrance, but it wasn't until this experience where like, I thought about the emotion behind fragrance, like what fragrance evokes. And I'm like, literally, I feel like this is like the type of perfume you put on and you like everyone just like- You're like turning heads. Turning heads. Maybe I need to see if it and comes it, in a travel size. For and it just trip. feels like sexy. It feels so I mean, sexy. You're even taught, like you sprayed it and you like turned sexy. Your voice got sexier. You're, the way you were moving. Damn. Dude, dude, I love it. And it was so funny because my mom was getting another one and then she smiled. She's like, do you care if I get the same one? I was like, no, mom, you deserve to feel this way too. Yeah. She deserves to feel balmy on a night in Italy. Yeah. Anyways, it's amazing. What's your product? Um, mine is, so I really wanted to get, um, a little anklet because Mm -hmm. I just think they look 
so cute. I love anklets and I can never find any that fit me. Same. And I had tried one from Missouri. I actually got invited to the launch like a couple years ago of Missouri's like first anklet. And like, I literally go to this launch and they like try and put it on me. And it's like, I kid you not like three inches too small. And I was just like, well, okay. Like this is awkward. Um, Mm -hmm. and anyway, I looked on their website again and they have like a solid gold, um, chain anklet and it comes in three sizes and the biggest size is a 12 and a half inches. And I ordered it and it's actually like two inches too big. So I'm saying people, if you got big ankles, check out this Missouri anklet. It's really simple, beautiful, just gives like your ankle, like a little bit of sparkle. I think it just looks pretty if you have like a dress on and like flip flops. Oh, so chic. So chic. Like those little details are just mm, perfection and it fits our big ass ankles. And I actually think it's quite flattering on a large cankle. If I do say so myself, it has a delicate touch. So excited because I'm obsessed with Majuri. Yes. And I had no idea. And I struggle with anklets too. They're always just like, not sure too, too small. Mm. So, and that is so disappointing. And then they're always too big for your, to convert into bracelets. And I always feel like I buy them and then they just sit there and I do nothing with them. Yeah. Well, I, I took it out of the box and <laughs> I was laughing because I was like, Oh man, they must've got my order wrong. They sent me a necklace, put it around my ankle <laughs> fits pretty well. <laughs> it's like, that was humbling. <laughs> Wait, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, well, let's just get in to today's episode. Um, we are talking dating. Okay. We, I think had such a great conversation. Um, and I'm really excited for you to hear this. We have on UA and Julie who are the co-hosts of the podcast, which you've probably heard of dateable. Um, they were active daters turned into dating sociologists on a mission to understand why we date the way we do. After years of dating, they launched their podcast dateable where they talk to world renowned experts and thousands of daters to figure out what's working in our modern, modern dating world and help you create the love life you've always wanted. They have such great insight. Um, and I just really enjoyed our conversation. And I think one thing that really stood out to me was when we talked about dating burnout and they gave great tangible advice on some things to do when you're experiencing that, um, which is really important because I just wanted to like jump and just delete the app and be like, I'm done. Um, so I loved hearing their insight on that. Yeah, I absolutely love this conversation. Something I thought was super, super interesting was just like how they talked about dating intentionally, mm-hmm. using like the apps intentionally. And you'll hear all about it um, during this episode. But I was just like, wow, like I, the way they spoke about it, like I've never heard someone talk about dating like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like a lot of women put that into practice. So I'm very, very curious to hear your thoughts on everything afterwards. Yes. So should we get into it? Let's get into it. Oh, I'm very self-conscious of my breathing again. (laughs) All right. We are here with the wonderful ladies from Dateable. We have UA and Julie. We are so excited for this conversation, talking all things dating, romance, love. I've been out of the dating pool for quite some time, but you know what? Ryan keeps me young, Ryan keeps me in the know, <laughs> and now you guys will as well. Um, and I just feel like literally I did a and a Q&A about dating and it's insane. Everyone needs help. Everyone has so many questions. Everyone's just like on a mission to find love and the right love. So I feel like this conversation, our listeners are going to be so excited about. We that are Q&A so ex- episode yeah. is so good. Oh, thank you. By the way. (laughs) And have you noticed people ask kind of similar questions, but they think they have very unique questions. Yes, but they're all, there's like all themes. They kind of boil down Mm -hmm. to a few themes that people are struggling with. But it's also crazy because there's there's just so much dating advice out there. It's like one person tells you one thing, another. I personally am finding it overwhelming and it's hard to navigate. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, people. Okay. Well, nobody does. (laughs) You get to create your own rules. That's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's so true. And it's weird because out of some, like as someone who's been out of the dating game for quite some time, I'm like, wow, I have like a lot of advice that like, I don't know. 
like that's like, you know, from years and years ago. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like applicable to every situation or every relationship. Like, so I do really think that you need to like listen to all advice and take it with a grain of salt and like make your own rules. Like you just said. Exactly. Okay. So should we get into it? Like out of all the people (laughs) you've spoken with, you guys have had so many experts on so many people dating and people in relationships. Are there any common themes that you guys have found from people who have found relationships and have entered successful relationships? Are there certain things that these relationships have in common? So many, so many. (laughs) I think the big one that Julie and I always talk about is that nobody has it figured out. Even the experts, they don't have it figured out. So much easier commenting on someone else's relationship than your own. And when you're in the situation, it's really hard to figure out clarity around it. But what we have found is, let's say the experts give you, equate it to Google Maps. You're trying to go from A to B. Google Maps will give you suggested routes. But Mm. when it comes to dating, you can take that route. It's worked for some people. Or you can figure out a different route. Carve out a street. Maybe there's a street under construction. And that street is better for you than the Google Google Maps route. So it's just like ultimately, like we were just saying, is you got to create your own dating philosophy and stick to it. Yeah. I think the one thing that has been apparent in every story, and our stories are all so different, but this is the one thing that is consistent for the people that have made it on the other side, made it through the trenches of dating. It's that they've taken a step back and put the accountability on themselves. And I think it's so easy in today's world to blame the apps, blame your city, blame the other people you're dating. But the hard work, and I think why people are so obsessed with dating, one is obviously to find that partner, but two, it's such a reflection of yourself. And it's almost hard not to take it personally when you're basically putting yourself in front of another person and being like, do you like me or not? But we have to kind of get through that and realize that 95% of the people you meet, probably 99% are not going to be matches. They're not going to want to date you. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. And you're never going to be everyone's cup of tea. And the more that we can just get confident, which, you know, goes hand in hand with what you all talk about in ourselves and really believe that, like, we bring something to the table and someone is lucky to be with us. That's when we start to see things shift for people when they kind of take control of their love lives. Wow. I love both of those things you guys just said. And I think, Julie, one thing that you said that really stuck out to me was when you start looking back at yourself instead of, it was so funny. I was just on the phone with one of my friends who's currently dating, um, in DC. And we were like, we think it's time for us both to go back to therapy because we've been having a few patterns that are repeating themselves. Mm. And we just had this really honest conversation. We were like, okay, like what are we doing to attract these type of people that we're seeing the same thing over and over again? We can't just sit there and be like, oh my gosh, these fuckboys are always taking advantage of us, blah, blah, blah. Like there's a pattern here and I'm the common denominator. So I think that is such good advice that sometimes you have to look at yourself often, not most times, instead of just blaming all of these situations. Right. Yeah. Because the situations are out of your control. We can't control right. how many fuck boys there are in this world. Uh, unless if someone figured out a way. I wish. I really don't know. <laughs> we can't control how the apps work. We yeah. can't control how love works. So if things are out of your control, what's the point in spending time and effort focusing on that when you can focus on what is in your control, which is yourself? Mm-hmm. I love and that. I don't think that like people need to be perfect to find love. And, you know, yeah. like there's even this feeling of like, you need to love yourself before you love others or, or others love you, or you need to like fix yourself. I don't believe in that. Like, I do think you need to have a healthy self-confidence and self-worth. Absolutely. But I think it's a continuous work in progress. You're never going to be a hundred percent. So I don't think we're saying like, oh, all, everything needs to be good before you can date. Absolutely not. But it's recognized like, oh, do I want to keep engaging with someone that only hits me up at 2 a.m. or Mm -hmm. doesn't text me back or flakes on plans? Like, why would you want to do that when you really think about it? Is that who you want to be in a relationship with? Right. And and Julie, you said actually an analogy that I had written um, word for word in like my notes was like, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. 
But there was a point where once I was talking to Christina about my dating life, I had a really hard, I guess it was like last summer, I had a really hard go. I was in like a, a bit of a, I had a mental breakdown. We were saying (laughs) just like with so frustrated with, with dating. And I was like, I get that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but when it feels like you're nobody's cup of tea, how do you get over this? And like still be putting yourself out there because I was at this point where I was like, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, many people are there. Yes. This, <laughs> this burnout is real. And I think dating burnout is the same as work burnout. And if you're in a place where you feel burnt out, that's not a good place to date. Maybe it's time to reset and kind of think about how can I get myself out of this burnout mode? Mm-hmm. I think so many people have the scarcity mindset that there's nobody out there or no matches. But if we come in with an abundance mindset, not so much like I'm going to be everybody's cup of tea, but know that there's a lid for every pot. And I love the saying because there are different kinds of pots, (laughs) different shapes. Some are damaged, some are crooked, but there's a lid for every pot and know that all you need is one. You don't need a hundred or 200. You're not getting the matches that you're looking for in the last month or three. It doesn't mean that your person's not out there. It just means you're sifting through all the people who are going to help you get there. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think it's a very real feeling, right. that you said, and a lot of people, I think it's easy for us to say, just be confident, you know, be (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, you know, don't tolerate that. But when you're in it and someone you really like ghosts you or says they don't want a relationship with you, it can be really heartbreaking. So we definitely don't want to minimize that feeling. We've both been there a lot, like a lot. Um, I can say though, before I met my current partner, I definitely felt like I was rejected more than I'd ever felt in my entire life. And I think it was the where I was, you know, we are six years into doing this dating podcast. If this was not where I was at this moment, I would have very much taken it like there's something wrong with me. And I had done that before. But I looked at it in a way that I was I was actually giving people more chances than I had ever before. And it's easier to actually be the person that says, I don't want to be with you and reject the other person because your ego doesn't take a hit at that point. Mm-hmm. But if you're really trying to build a relationship, like your ego is going to take a hit. That's just the reality of it. And, you know, I'm sure, Christina, you know, from years and years of marriage, like this, it's not always about your ego. Like sometimes you do have to just like, you know, let it go in a way. And I think when I was in this place of just getting rejected left and right, I looked at it that I was making, I was taking more initiative. I was making more moves. I was giving people second chances that I wouldn't normally like, because I wanted to do like a two date default because I knew people weren't always you know, their shiniest self, or maybe things take a little time to grow. And, you know, not everyone was as open with me. Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, it's okay. And, you know, I just kept going. And, like, ultimately, I met someone that matched my energy and was that fit for me. Oh my gosh. I love all of that. I feel like that's such good advice because, first of all, I've been married for what, almost five years. I keep like wondering, like, how long it's been <laughs> and dating for so long. And, when you're in a relationship, a long-term relationship, there are so many times like where your relationship ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. where you really do have to compromise, where you have to like bite your ego. You have to like be like the bigger person in the situation. You just have to learn to compromise. And I think that that's like an important lesson when it comes to dating, but you have to like give yourself the opportunities to like know that as you're dating people. And then also know when like you don't have to go on that second date. Sometimes people don't deserve second chances. Sometimes you do have to be like a little bit selfish in that scenario as well. Absolutely. I definitely had one video date that just was getting bad vibes all around. And I remember being like, my phone's about to die. Sorry, I got to (laughs) go. And, you know, it's like sometimes you got to do that. And I'm all for giving people second chances and trying to let things play out. But I agree. It's like sometimes you just know it's not a fit also. Yeah. 100%. We talked a little bit about like um, dating burnout. And I just want to know, like, what are like some tangible tips that like people can do if they're experiencing dating burnout? Like, do they just get off the apps? Do they like maybe just, you know, like try and date in person or meet people in real life? Like, what's your tips for that? How do you like handle dating burnout without like giving up on dating? 
you know, what's funny. I think the go-to is people delete the apps. Yeah. They take a hiatus. And actually Julie and I really don't believe that because mm -hmm. your goal is still dating. Your goal is still relationships. So why shut that part of your life off? And mm -hmm. what you're really going to do is as soon as you delete the apps, you're going to be yearning to get back on the apps or wondering what's there. So there's no need to delete the apps. I think one way that we've talked about is giving yourself time and space for dating. So maybe it's carving out once a week. Maybe it's carving out two hours a day or two hours a week, whatever works for you to focus only on dating. And this really helps because it, it creates that intentionality and you're mindful when you're swiping or you're messaging someone versus, you know, most people just do it passively. They're on the toilet, they're watching TV, they're in line at Starbucks and who the energy you put into the apps is exactly the energy you're going to get back. So guess what? You're going to match with the other people who are swiping on their toilets too. So it's so <laughs> important to just carve out time every week and say, this is the time I'm going to be really intentional about dating during this time. Yeah. It's really easy to get tunnel vision that, you know, your end goal is to be in a relationship. So that's all you focus on. But we really believe that you need to keep building the other parts of your life so strong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, I'm just going to prioritize hanging out with other single friends, for instance, because then I can meet other people. And, and not to say that you shouldn't have single friends. There's absolutely, that's great to have people that understand what you're going through and on the same page. But I think that we can not forget about the other relationships in our lives that bring us great joy and make us feel loved and basically the emotions that we're looking for in a partnership in some way. So I was all for, you know, dedicating that time, but there also could be a place that you really do feel like you need that break. And I personally myself took a year break after a brutal breakup. And we've had other guests talk about just taking prolonged time. But I think it's less about the number of months or years or whatever you're doing as a break or weeks. It's more about what are you doing in this time? If you're just you know, thinking about how bad dating is and how bad the apps are and all that, that's not really helping you. But if you're, you know, taking that time to really reflect on your own patterns and what is it that you need in a partner? What is it that you're gravitated to versus what actually would be good for you? I think that's a worthwhile break. Yeah, I think that's so important. What you said, Julie, is taking an intentional break <laughs> because it's like, yeah, you can, you know, there is something super symbolic. I feel like of like deleting the apps, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like hitting that delete. It's like, it's like kind of a big deal. I've done it a few times, mm. mm -hmm. but I think making sure you're intentional with the break that you take is so important. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you working on in this time to go back when you feel like in a better headspace to date, you're going to approach it in a positive way. Um, and I think you, too, what you said about kind of being more intentional with dating is kind of is I really like it, but I think it's hard for people to understand. And this is something that I am like newly learning, too, is because the, everything we were like taught about dating and love when we were growing up. Was it just so like felt up. so fucked it's up? Like it just fell into your lap. Like last night I watched because I'm going to, I'm going to Europe, so I watched Under the Tuscan Sun last night, which is like a '90s oh movie, gosh. and like. I was just dying laughing with like how every man she came into contact with is like in love with her, which is like in my mind, how my world works around me, but it's not true. But I'm like, it is, it's like, we think that it should just happen so easily, which I mean, sometimes it does, but the reality is, is you do have to be intentional and like setting time and being like, okay, I'm going to make sure I do like one day a week or whatever. It's not sexy. It's not, you know, how we think it should be, but I do think it's necessary for our own sanity. Mm, Rayanne, you, you touch upon something that really interesting because when it comes to online dating and dating apps, people think of them as dating hacks, like a mm. shortcut to love when they're actually just a tool to introduce you to someone. And so people feel like once they get on the apps, they can skip through all the work and just go straight to the relationship. And it doesn't happen like that. Even under the Tuscan sun, yes, everybody wanted her, but she still needed to <laughs> She had to take that break and go to Tuscany yeah. for her to, to be ready to receive this kind of love. So I think as all daters, we just need to remember the dating apps are not a shortcut, but they're just introducing you to people that you may not otherwise meet in real life. No, I love that. And I love how you said 
about being really intentional about swiping because I can't tell you how many friends I've been around who are like swiping and I've never used the dating apps to find someone. And I like love like watching people use them. And even with Ray, I'm like, wait, wait, you just said no so quickly. <laughs> I'm like, you just looked at one photo. Like you didn't even like look at this person's profile. Like maybe they're funny. Maybe they said something else. Like maybe their first photo wasn't like, I don't know, like they're the breathtaking, like stop, like love at first sight that you want. But like, there's so much more about them. And I feel like it's so easy to like quickly, if you're at the grocery store or on the toilet or whatever, to swipe, 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 put swipe. What you're right, like what you get in the energy you put into it, like might be the energy that you get out too. This one's such a tough one because, you know, I totally agree with everything you just said. It's like, I think the best people on dating apps are not the flashy profiles. It's like the mm -hmm. hidden gems that mm -hmm. barely know how to put up a dating profile, right? Because it's like the one skill you do not need in a relationship at all is how to market <laughs> yourself. But so I think where it's like difficult, it's because on one side, that is the the bad side of dating apps. It's diminished. We have like two seconds to make a decision. That's like how, how, how our minds work with them. And I feel like that's a lot of people, like that's just how it is right now. And it's all based on the photo. It's almost irrelevant what you write in your profile a lot of the times. And it's sad that it's so split second decision-making because you're right. There could be someone freaking amazing that we're just sw swiping right by. I always like joke to my boyfriend that like, he just had like these like emojis covering his friend's faces. And I think oh my caught my attention. I was like, I'm glad you had that. Cause like, like, this person's <laughs> funny. Exactly. Yeah. But like, also it's like attention grabbing, right. Mm -hmm. Where you could just swap, like swipe by so quick. But then on the flip side, we see people making all these assumptions based off someone's mm -hmm. something, someone wrote in their profile and spending so much time writing their profile for people not to even read them at all. And that also is not a good usage of time because it's kind of trying to fill in the gaps and not get to know the person. Wait, that is so interesting because I have a couple of people in my life who refuse to use dating apps. And I'm like, you have to get like into like modern day dating, you know? And it's because they just overthink their profile yeah. so much. Yeah, They don't know what to write about themselves. They don't know what images. And it makes me so sad for them too. And I could see like how both sides are so hard to deal with, but like, I'm like, your, your profile is never going to be perfect. Like who, who's going to be yeah. perfect for you? You don't know who's on the other side looking at it, but yeah, th that's, that's really challenging. Well, the, uh, the fascinating piece of all of this is if you walk into a bar, you're not going to be going up to every guy overanalyzing them, looking at their shirt, asking right. them about their background and like Googling them. It's still based on that first impression. So mm -hmm. I think the first impression swipe is actually pretty effective. So you aren't overthinking, but what people are swiping on is based on whether they see themselves in a relationship with this person or not based on just their photos and bio. And unfortunately in real life, the bio, the pictures don't translate. So we came up with this, this sort of framework is you swipe for a house party. You're having a house party swiping through the photos and seeing who you want to invite to your house party. Cause that's all it is. You're not looking for your husband or boyfriend or relationship material, just someone you really want to hang out with. Yeah. And the filtering should happen on the conversation, not on the profile, because how much can you really learn? Like UA was saying, all you can learn is how do I vibe with this person, whether it's on a video call or in person or whatever you want to do, even messaging on the app is better than just the static profile. Yeah, I think, oh, I love that house party analogy. Um, I'm going to start implementing that. Um, yeah. And I think too, yeah, when you like people listening are dating, you know, also too, like once you start messaging someone, you kind of, it, it like takes it to the next level so quickly of like how you see if you're going to vibe with this person. Like it is so wild to me how sometimes things are just flowing, you know, whatever. And other times it is like, crickets yeah oh my yeah. god <laughs> like pulling this teeth pulling teeth yeah. dang um but yeah I, that house party analogy is like i'm gonna be i'm gonna tell everyone about that love i love it. that christina aren't you so sad are you so sad you're missing out <laughs> you have like major fomo she's like no i'm good <laughs> i mean no like sometimes i feel like it would be fun um but yeah i, I guess i'm good have you ever swiped <laughs> for rain 
I think we, I, we've swiped together. <laughs> she, I think she was thinking of me when she thought of why did you swipe let, no so fast? <laughs> no, it's not specifically you. It's actually like every single person, every yeah. single friend who has been on like an app before. I'm just like, whoa, like how I know like, it's, hey, I, I didn't get to see their photos, but you know, like I am not using them like that. So yeah, obviously my experience well, is very different. The part that's so fascinating is that dating apps give us all these options. So we are exposed to more people than we've ever been before. Mm -hmm. But we also like, you know, feel this abundance of choice that gets overwhelming, which is why we swipe really quickly. But then we also have a scarcity mindset at the same time. Like it mm -hmm. almost feels like there's no one out there. And we mm -hmm. actually call it like there's like a settling paradox that like no one wants to set. Everyone's afraid to settle for like the wrong things and the wrong relationship. So they will never settle for someone that's like under six feet, but then they'll settle for a situationship. So it makes zero sense whatsoever. And a lot of it is just like what we're judging relationships by is what we've been fed for years. So that's wrong. And then also the way that dating apps work, they give us the information, what their height is, what their occupation is. They don't tell you, are they kind or are they humorous mm -hmm. like they don't tell you all the qualities that matter in a partner yeah um julie i feel attacked with the six foot comment <laughs> um <laughs> Um, okay, no, I have branched into five ton ter territory recently. <laughs> but wait, quick, t have you guys heard of the app field? Yes, yeah. I, know. I heard you were on it. Yes. Okay. It was so interesting because I think I've had a really positive experience there because it's mm -hmm. not like, so they don't have the height. They don't have occupation. They don't. It's mm -hmm. so it really got like shook up when I was in that dating. I got on there when I was kind of after, post that mental breakdown. It really like shook up kind of how I thought about it because it was so different. And it really fostered like just a very open communicative, like, positive environment where I was just way more open-minded and I get into like one of the things was like a height thing for me at one point we Christine always laugh my height thing was set at six foot four and she was like no, no it was, one, six, five. was it six five <laughs> it was six five I'll never forget it you uh, dating NBA players or what like what percent like are we one talking of the you know <laughs> A girl can dream. A girl can dream. Um, but um, once I like, so I uh, on field, I was like matching and messaging with these guys who I ended up having like such great conversations with and found out their height later, you know? So it's mm -hmm. just um, my small tangent there. What you said, Julia, is spot on. Um, uh, can we get into, we had our audience give us some relationship scenarios and we would love your expert advice on some of these. Are you down? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. The first one is I'd like to date the guy I'm casually sleeping with, but he swears he's not into monogamy. Any advice? I'm guessing she is seeking a monogamous relationship. You know, when I, someone I mean, tells you at face value <laughs> what they want, you can't. For all the years I've tried, like, I would love to get that tie back of the years I've tried mm. to change people. It's just the best thing you could do is find someone that wants the same things as you, you do. Yes. Yes. I mean, she has her answer right there. He's not looking for the same things as her. It's yeah. not about him not wanting monogamy. Is it him not aligning with what she wants? And that's ultimately what matters in a relationship. So then you have your answer right there. And I think so many of us have been stuck in that situation because you think you can change someone or you yeah. think that if only they could see how good I am for them, if they would want to be with me and be in a relationship with me, it doesn't matter. You could be the most perfect person in the world. None of us are, but even, even if you're the most perfect person in the world, if that person is not aligned with what you want. They'll never see you in that way. And then yeah. it becomes a game of just winning for your ego, right? Yeah, Not because you're even trying to yeah, like build a connection worst. with this person. Yeah, I feel like he's literally telling you no. Yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. still, he must, what was your recent episode? Dickma, she's dickmatized. Dickmatized. <laughs> this girl's dickmatized. The sex must be really good. Oh, shit. <laughs> get out. Get out of that curse. Get it, but 
you got to go beyond the digmatization. Yes, <laughs> we've all been there. <laughs> but, you know, I hear her going, but, 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 but he tells me he really likes me. But, 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 but we're still sleeping together. And he treats me like his girlfriend when we're together. Yeah, because you're giving him pussy. Like, come on. There is reasons why he's treating you so well. It's not yeah. because he wants to be in a relationship. It's because he wants to keep yeah. the situation going. Guys say that, like they say they don't want to be with someone and like tell you straight up because then they don't feel guilt after. It's like, I've told you what I want. You're choosing to stay. There are so many things where I have like relayed what a man has said to me. And like Christina or my mom will be like, say that again. But like you will literally when you're so like obsessed with this person or into this person, sometimes they can literally tell you that. And like, you hear something different. Like, oh, right. yeah. like I wish, like you said, I could have the time back where I was like, no, but mom, he, he said that he tells other girls about me that he's seeing. That's a direct quote. That's a direct quote. And my mom was like, rant say that again and really think about it so anyway i can definitely hear this guy telling her like no 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 i'm just not into monogamy but i lo- like you so yeah, totally definitely oh um, my god okay. i ha- okay this is another question i have a boyfriend of four years and recently he said he doesn't want kids i'm assuming obviously she wants kids she's very upset about it what should i do oh we talk about this one a lot this is a really good topic because it, personally for me, I don't understand how people can make the decision about kids alone. I feel like it's a joint decision, unless if you're are wanting to have kids on your own, which is a totally different story. But mm-hmm. in these situations, we hear this from our listeners too, is people decide on the kid situation before they get into the relationship. And then they bring that decision into that relationship. Things change people change. It, the definitive answer, I think, is a red flag. And I would go back to him and have an open conversation, get to the get to the bottom of why. Why do you not want to have kids? Do you not envision kids with me? And then you talk about why you do want kids. I think it's a conversation. It's not convincing someone. It's not an argument. It's just a conversation. And then go in with a very exploratory mindset. Uh, and understanding if they had the conversation at the beginning, they're both on the same page and now they're not, what was it that changed? Because I think that will be key into figuring out what the game plan is moving forward. Right. Like if they were entered into the relationship and, you know, maybe he was open to kids and now he's saying no, um, or yeah, we don't know what the roles are, but do you think it's different for if a woman says she doesn't want kids versus a man saying he doesn't want kids? Hmm. Different in what way? I'm just trying to think, because like when you said, you know, it's kind of a red flag if someone's, you know, says they don't want kids. But I think of like, I have a girlfriend of mine who's very adamant of she doesn't want kids, but maybe because I know her reasoning that I'm like, okay, that's maybe makes sense. So I guess it's just getting to the bottom of it. But for me, like definitely. And I think of like, for me in my head, it is a little bit different for a woman to say she doesn't want kids versus a man to say it because I think the woman's like carrying the baby and, and and doing that. But I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in that mindset, but to me it feels different for some reason. I don't think it's a red flag that he doesn't want kids. I think it's that they're not on the same page and maybe Mm. they were once before. And I think, you know, right now there's no rules anymore like you don't need to have kids to have a happy life and a great relationship so i think it's less about that aspect it's more of just how much if she and again probably like what is the scale that she wants kids like is Mm -hmm. this a must have i can't live my life without doing this then it comes back to it's going to be hard to change someone if they really don't want that and then maybe just you're not compatible but if you're at a point where it's it's a it's a question we're willing to go on this journey together to see where a few years will take us and that's a very different story so a lot of it's just what spectrum are we talking about with this decision right i think that's a good call out when it comes to kids real quick because i feel like especially for women especially for women unfortunately like there is like a a clock like yeah it's puts so much added stress especially if you really want to have kids um and you're dating when is it too early to discuss having kids 
or wanting to have kids while dating. Cause I have a friend who like second date, like she like brings all this up and I feel like it gets like very serious very quickly. And she's like, I don't want to waste any of my time. She's like, I'm like 38 years old. Like I want to have kids. Like, but I'm like, I, I don't know like what advice to give her, you know? She's like, do you think I'm making a mistake talking about it too soon? What do you guys think? Yeah. If you really want kids, the right man for you is the one who's willing to have this conversation as early as possible. I really, I truly believe that if you're scaring someone off because this conversation is coming too early, that's not the right person for you. So I think it, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing it up pretty early on. And especially if you have very good reasons for why you feel so adamant about it. I think it's how you say it too. Like, are you being like, I want to have your babies tomorrow with this person <laughs> I've got on one date with, yes. or it's more right. like I see kids in my future. And that's something that I really want in life. Like, yeah. Just like, what is the conversation look like? I think that's a big part of it. But I absolutely agree. Like, just to share what your life like vision is, it doesn't have to be done in a serious way. It can just, it can be a light conversation also, but just sharing what's important to you. You're only going to use that information to bring the right person in. And maybe you end up getting quote unquote rejected more, but if you look at it as a filtering mechanism to move Mm -hmm. the wrong people out, to make room for the right person, then you're never actually really being rejected in the first place. Mm, I love that answer. I feel like delivery, you're right, is so key. Um, okay, speaking about delivery, what about this one? <laughs> when God. slash kids? <laughs> yeah, I was like, is the baby coming out now? <laughs> no, I just <laughs> delivered a baby. Different, different, different he delivery, said no different in the delivery, delivery room. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? Like, it's my fuck boy. That's been stigmatizing. Oh my God. No, no, no. Different delivery. Okay. When slash if do you follow up after first and second dates or do you let them do it? I don't know what to do. I hate waiting. Take control I feel like this is very polarizing for life. people. Yeah. This is yes. so polarizing. I'm excited to hear what you guys say. <laughs> okay. It is a polarizing topic. And I think the reason why is especially for millennials that kind of straddle the new and the old, we've been drilled into our heads for years that women should lean back, that we shouldn't make moves and the guy won't like you. I'm assuming this is a woman that wrote in, but I could be wrong. Okay. Like there's so many of those rules that were given to us, bad Cosmo articles and books and all that, why men love bitches, my least Mm -hmm. favorite book of all time. But (laughs) I think personally, I feel like you need to take control of your love life. Again, if you're going to, if you're going to scare someone away because you text them to say that you had a good time, like what relationship would that be anyways? Like, do you want someone? We, it's interesting because we always, what we're looking for in dating isn't what we're looking for in relationships. I would go on a gamble that most of the people that say they don't want to make that first move ultimately do want an equal-ish relationship where they feel like they're peers with their partner. And maybe that's not 100% for everyone, but in today's world, most women want to feel equal in partnerships. So I like to think about it like, do I want a relationship with someone that I can't text because I'm afraid that it's going to scare them off? And the answer is no. So I personally, I would do that. That being said, if you feel like you're the only one making moves, then that's also like, that's not an equal partnership in a different way. So I think that's also fair to say that you don't want that. But I don't think if you text someone first or you tell them you had a good time, then that sets that up for that. The right person is just going to be super pumped that they heard from you in the first place. I'm going to bring a little bit of heaviness to this answer. And I apologize ahead of time, trigger warning, but I have a friend who, whose husband is um, currently has stage four stomach cancer and he only has limited time. She has two kids with him and they've been married a few years. But she said, I wish I didn't waste all that time playing games with him in the beginning so that I could have one extra day with him. So ultimately, I think when we think when you're in a relationship with someone thinking back, this initial stuff, the wondering, being a mind reader, playing games, it doesn't matter. It's just a blip. Who cares? If you're looking for an answer, you really like someone, you tell them. If you're ready for another date with them, you want to see them again, tell them, initiate. 
don't waste that time because it that's the right person for you. Again, you can't get that time back. So when you want to spend an extra day with them. Yeah. I also look at it too, if it's causing you anxiety, because a lot of people will say, I don't want to be the one to text, but then they're looking at their phone every two seconds to see if that person is texting them. Personally, again, I would rather just release the anxiety and just be like, I'm just going to do all I can. And again, it's not rejection. If this person does not meet me, I'd rather find out now than play it cool for three weeks and then find out that they're not interested. Like, I'd rather just put it out there, be authentic. Personally, when I st- I used to play all these games. I'm saying this as someone that would do mm-hmm. this constantly. The second I dropped them, that's when things started to fall into place and I started to have real relationships. I could not get past date three when I was playing all these games. Right. I think as someone who's actively dating, it's I feel comforted hearing you both answer this question because I sometimes, oh, I'm on dating TikTok. Like, you know, I don't follow any of these people, but they're all up in my feed all the time. And it's like, if you, the woman, you know, approaches or if the woman texts, you're in your masculine and he can't be in his feminine. And of course I'm speaking from like a cis straight dating situation, but like, I'm like, okay, so I got to pull back. But like, in no aspect of my life, am I a pulled back person? So for me, like literally in no way, like I'm like, so why am I, I, and I've told Christina this, like with some of these dating practices that were taught, like, I feel like I'm losing myself and I feel like I'm not myself in these situations because like, I feel like I'm just straying away to try and like be something that I'm being told to be, or that what I think a man wants. And to be honest, like letting go of that is really freeing. And like, obviously I'm still single. So I'm not like speaking from (laughs) the other side, but like I've texted after a date, like one of the best first dates I went on ever. I texted him the day, the day it was like two days after cause I hadn't heard from him and he responded right away. And we ended up seeing each other for like four more months. So that's why I think too, it's like, you have to make your own rules and really just be yourself because you want to live with a life with someone where you can be your full authentic self. Exactly. Yeah, I think of the person on the other side. I think sometimes we think, oh, that guy is like marked it on his calendar calendar that he's going to text me three and a half days later so that it keeps <laughs> my interest. Like that guy's probably like, I wonder if she likes me. I wonder yeah. if I'll hear from her. Like think about the person on the other side. Nobody's that conniving to plot out this scheme just to get your interest. So UA and I think this is the biggest problem in dating is, and what we call it is relationship chicken. Everyone says they want to be in relationships, but no one wants to make that move. No one wants to like put themselves out there and put themselves on the line. So it's kind of like this game of like, can I hold back? Can they hold back? And then what that results in is no one making any moves. And that's what people are complaining about, mm-hmm. so especially in today's world, in a post me too world too men aren't making as many moves anymore. They're like hetero men. They're not being aggressive because they can't anymore. Then they're stalkers, then they're aggressors. Like that's not the world we live in. So I feel like this dating advice, I love what you said, Ryan, because it basically just makes you not authentic because you're following someone else's script. You're like reading lines that are not you. And that is not the way to attract a partner. Right. And it's like, I think too, I mean, we could, I could talk about this for, I'm like, we'll need to do like a part three, but um, (laughs) like, I I do think that sometimes in dating, I feel like men and women aren't even in, they're not even in the same book. Sometimes if Mm -hmm. we're talking about a straight, straight dating, like, I just think that because times have changed so much it's, it's so interesting to hear. Like I was on a date the other night with this guy and I was like, okay, so like, let's say you're at like, you know, you're out at a bar, whereas like most people, men and women go out to like meet people. And he was like, no, I would never approach women. I, if you just stand there, they'll let them come to you. They'll come to you. And it's like, whereas women we're being like, no, like you do not approach if you approach blah, blah, blah. So it's just like, it's all fucked up and there's no right way to do it is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I feel like (laughs) you guys have your whole podcast is on this modern dating. Why it's so fucking crazy and hard. So fucking crazy. (laughs) But then we all, then women think they're undesirable because men aren't making moves. It's just like a vicious cycle. (laughs) 
Okay. All this is so mind blowing to me because first of all, one thing I'm not even kidding you. When you said why men love bitches, that book was passed around that sorority, <sighs> highlighted every single girl it's had a book. sold. So no, I read it. People Chris, still buy it. Re- yeah. I know. I, it was yeah. recommended to me by like three friends and I read it in 2020. You got, mm-hmm. I read it, was, it in, you read it like in 2024 oh or something. Yeah. Or, Okay. But I do think that there is something to be said about, I I think that no matter what you have to be like and do what is authentic to you. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there is something to be said about like, if someone really likes you, you'll know too, Mm -hmm. because I feel like this is like where I have an issue. Like, I think if you want to follow up with someone, follow up with them. But like at the end of the day, like actions speak louder than words. And if you're following up with them and then you're not hearing back or you're wondering like why they're not following up with you, it's because like, they might not just be that into you. And like, that is okay too. And I feel like that for me, like why I personally, a lot of times I'm like, well, if they're going to, if they like you and they want to see you again, they probably, you will hear from them. And I feel like for me, that's like very much of like protect your own energy too, because a lot of times Mm -hmm. we get so invested into people and romanticize this, like a life with someone that we don't even really know. Yes. Yes. I have a friend that, you know, we'll just get so hung up on every last person. And it's mm-hmm. like, she's met this person for an hour when you really think mm-hmm. about it. And she'll be like, but they had so much potential. I'm like, all you know is their resume. You don't know, do they have good follow-up? Like, do they, right. are they consistent? Like, are they a kind person? You don't know any of this stuff from meeting them for one hour. The reality is we don't know what is going on for people. And even, I think you can have a great date and still not get that follow-up and it may have zero to do with you. So that's why I think it's worth taking the chance. And like we've been saying, if they reply, if they respond negatively, like who cares? It stings for a minute, but then you'll get over it. And I guarantee in five years when you've met someone else, that's freaking awesome. You won't even remember that person's name. Or even on your next date. Yeah. Yeah, you're not like not even five years, like yeah. your next shower. But I do want to follow up on this because I think there is something to be said about reading signals and us creating rules in our heads that aren't communicated. Like if he doesn't do this, he, he must not like yeah. me. And in today's fucked up modern dating world, none of these signals are straightforward anymore. So I think for us, it is so important to be preemptive about about this on a first date or second date, communicate what you like in a person. I really like it when someone texts me back. I really like uh, consistent communication on the phone. When you can communicate what it is you're looking for, then you're pretty much putting it out there for them to either meet you or them saying, actually, I'm not going to be this person for you. It's better to communicate that as opposed to creating these rules in your head, in your head. Yeah, or even having a light conversation of like, you know, what does a relationship look like for you? Like, what is an ideal relationship? And find out, does it mean that I see you once a week? Does it mean I see you once a month? Is it every day? Like everyone has a different rule in their mind of what a really in a definition of mm-hmm. what a relationship even looks like in the first place. So sometimes we just hear these vague things like, I want a relationship, I want kids, but there's no like path to how that's even going to happen. Right. That's so true. Like if I, if you have in your head of what a relationship looks like yeah. and you're dating someone who has a different picture, they could mm-hmm. be thinking it's all hunky dory and like, Oh, yeah. this is great. Like, this is exactly yeah. what, you know, and right. you're over there losing your mind with anxiety and overthinking everything. <laughs> right. It's like, we can't expect people to know what we're thinking and like act how we want them to act. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's I still- don't, Go for it, Julia. As I say, I had an ex that, like, you know, he just didn't text people. He liked the phone over text way better. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, bringing up the texting to him. That was, like, a source of contention. And he did not see anything weird of just texting every three days. Like, it wasn't even, in my mind, at the beginning, especially, once I started to understand how he operated, it was less of a concern. The beginning, I was, like, freaking out. Like, does this person (laughs) like me? You know? Because you're thinking about, like, what you like. And I text 
all day, every day with my girlfriend. So I was looking for that in a partner. But then at the same time, now I found someone that does that with me. So maybe just like we weren't the right fit. Right. Right. And like, (laughs) I don't like texting all day, every day. Right. And I just want someone to like, hey, just call me at the end of the day. You know, let's have a quick chat. Exactly. So it's just like everything's so arbitrary. You just need to find someone that's on the same page or can meet you on the same page. No, but this is so interesting because I feel like we always hear like the key to a good relationship is communication. Mm. We never really hear like the key to good dating is communication. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is the, okay, you started this whole conversation of what is the overarching theme. Mm-hmm. That is it. Outside of focusing on yourself and, you know, doing that growth and taking accountability, it's communication because you're totally dead on, Christina, that it's like, it it can be the first date and you're almost in a relationship. It's not a clearly mm-hmm. a full-blown relationship, but it's a relationship of sort. So right. if instead of thinking about dating as like this me versus you game of like, can I get this person to like me? Can we start to think about this as I'm going to have a relationship and putting it in quotes with everyone I encounter. Maybe it's an hour relationship. Maybe it's a two week relationship, but it allows us to be a team more opposed to this, you know, me against you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this conversation was so good. The time <laughs> flew by. What the heck? Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, I'm like, I could do two more episodes with you. Yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> we're just on. We are doing a marathon today, on, right? So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Can you plug yourselves? Tell everyone where they can find you. Yeah. People can find us at datablepodcast.com. That's our website. We are a datable podcast pretty much on every platform and you can listen to our episodes um, on, you know, on all the platforms that exist right now, which is like a thousand of them. So many. (laughs) Yep. Apple podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you guys so much. I think we're going to have to have part two follow up let's do it (laughs) let's do it awesome bye guys Bye. bye thank you thank you so much for tuning in today for more information on this episode check out the show notes on our website theconfidentcollective.com and find us on instagram at confident collective and if you really loved what you heard screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us